Hi, this is Tricia Lewis and welcome to the Make It Real podcast aimed at small business owners to help you build your business without selling your soul. I've walked the walk, my guests have walked the walk and now we're all talking the talk from branding, content creation, marketing to fear sorting and real you unsquashing so many insights and tips. So stay tuned. Okay, I've gone global again, listeners, and um, America's quite a lot in the news at the moment of us recording this episode, but fortunately, we are not going to talk about any of the politics, and we're not going to talk about the pandemic, and we're just going to have a wonderful, indulgently brilliant talk about something that I know is going to both enlighten you inspire you and be actually very practical because I'm talking uh, to my guests in North Carolina. So morning for him, afternoon for me. And we're going to be delving into the wonderful world of branding. Branding, quite quite a big thing. Um, And keeping some perspective on all the digital marketing options that are out there. So without more to do, as they say, Hello, Hank. Good day, good evening, good morning to whatever <laughs> time it is for you and your listeners. Uh, it's great to be here. This is Hank Hoff. I am. Let's hope that I'm pronouncing you Hank Hoff Hoffmeyer. Yep. Well, yeah, yes. With, with your UK accent, that is is correct. Yes. Oh, say, say it in your say it <laughs> well, in Hank American. Hoffmeyer. Yes. Hank yes. Hoffmeyer. Meyer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fit in perfect here in North Carolina. <laughs> Um, so that's to say Hank uh, and he's he's a lot of things as he just said to me he kind of has a superhero and an everyday cape he's uh, he's got a few hats as well um, but it all revolves around branding and um, just 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 give us a little snapshot of, of, of what you're doing on a sort of day week by week basis Hank. Right. Well, I go by the term digital marketing infotainer because I like to make marketing fun and successful. And a lot of people turn around and ask me, that's interesting. What do you actually do? Sounds like I have a dream job. But really what it comes down to is I just branded myself right there. You can go to a bookstore and buy books on branding and they're going to be dry. You'll probably fall asleep while you're reading them. But what I like to do is educate people on how to get brand awareness for their company or for them as a person. But my day job, how I pay the bills is I work for J2 Global and we own four email marketing brands, Eye Contact, Campaigner, Communicator, and SMTP. Day in and day out, I have two goals, attracting customers to use our platform and then also helping them use the platform effectively so that they stay a customer and that they're successful with using email marketing. And with that, I do a myriad of different things. We created a role where my title for J2 Global is Senior Manager of Client Solutions. And what I do is help people integrate into other platforms like CRM. I help them with strategy. I do webinars, workshops, and my favorite, speaking at conferences, whether it is virtual or in person. And you mentioned not talking about politics and not talking about the pandemic, but I think we need to because it should scare everybody. It should scare people that have been doing things the same. We need to change. We need to adapt. And if you think you got a hall pass for 2020 because the pandemic and COVID-19 was here and you got to work from home and you said, well, 
I can't do this because of the pandemic. I can't do that because of the pandemic. I'm just going to wait till 2021. News for you folks, the pandemic's still going to be here January 1st. What are you going to do about that? And what I'd love to talk to everyone about today is whether you're a business owner and you're a consultant, so your business name and your name is the same, or you own a small business, or you're a C-level you know, VP of, of marketing or whatever, it's all about branding. You're always branding yourself and use the term brand ambassador rather than quote unquote branding, which you think you need a huge budget for, you need knowledge, you need tools. But when you're a brand ambassador, you can have so much fun with what you're doing. And that's what I do day in and day out. Oh, well, that was good, wasn't it? I think you might have done that before, Hank. That I was... haven't. Everything is off the cuff with me usually because <laughs> I've dubbed myself the, a work of frolic. I haven't coined a term, but I use it a lot. I love what I do and I have fun while I'm doing it. Yes, there are times when I'm stressed and I feel like I'm overworked, but you know what? It's self-inflicted. I, I do more than what's affected, uh, expected of me. And I have the please disease. I just want to please everybody. If somebody wants help with their uh, social media, I'm going to say, let's hunker down. Let's take a look at that. If my boss needs something, I'm going to try to help. A coworker <laughs> needs something. You need something, Trisha. If you need something, <laughs> I'm going to feel compelled to help. It, my pain is self-inflicted, but the essence is I love what I do. And hopefully everybody else can get to a point or they're at a point where they love what they do. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm, I have made a note. Hank says he can help me. Right. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> right. So <laughs> now, because I find, I actually find this um, a really both interesting, frustrating, exciting, and um, exasperating area branding. Okay. Because um, especially I think coming when, when you are, if you like, as they say, you know, you are the brand, but I think this is a problem in and of itself. Is it not? Because I've immediately fallen into a slight trap. Right. Help. <laughs> Get me out. Well, 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 let's talk about branding in general, right? You have yeah. branding, which is your logo, your, your color set, the fonts you want to use, the voice you're going to use. Let, let's kind of put that aside because anyone can figure that out at some point. Uh, Times New Roman or Arial, just, just use those fonts or whatever. Or get a logo created on Fiverr if you're really new to the game and just getting started. There's nothing wrong with that. At some point, maybe you'll consult someone that is a branding expert and get that, that color palette and the logo, et cetera. But what we need to talk about today is being a brand ambassador, having brand awareness, getting your name, getting your brand name out there. And that's just done through being visible right? That's being out and networking when we can do that in person or even virtually. And that is being online, social media, LinkedIn. This is posting. Uh, I have always heard quality over quantity. When you want to post something, it's got to be of quality. Therefore, you should post once a month because your quality is not that great, right? But if you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, look him up if you don't know who he is. He talks about quality, quantity over quantity. And that's what I believe in as well, because at a point when you start doing more, you get better at what you're doing. In the beginning, what you're putting out might not be that great, but once you start getting into a groove and a rhythm, your quality is gonna catch up to your quantity and then you'll be a marketing machine and you'll get a lot of stuff out there. And oh, when we talk oh. about, good. Yeah, no, 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 that, that's good. Right. I, I, because because I, I'm, I, you know, Gary V has a brand, okay? And I immediately slightly shy away uh, because 
um, just because I've gone all weird about he's a bit shouty and, and that's ironic because I've got an incredibly loud voice um, and I'm quite happy to stand on a stage as well but um, actually a lot of what he says is is good stuff and that what you just said is really interesting because um, there's two right that what happened was we all got blitzed by everybody saying, look, you can buy 6 million Twitter uh, followers for, you know, 50 quid or whatever, or whatever it is. We all got a little bit too much of that going on. And it's made us, I think, associate quantity with something nasty, manipulative, cheap, and, you know, sort of not authentic, which of right. course isn't what, isn't what he's talking about, is he? He's just talking about, you, you've got to keep doing it to get better at it. And, and you know, you, you're going to chuck some stuff out there that's going to be mediocre. But like, not many people are going to see it at that point. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And it's important to say that you don't want to buy followers, you don't want to buy email marketing lists, because those are people that don't really know about you and are not really going to engage with your content. And I know I said, yeah, post a lot of content, but you need to make that of value a little bit at least. Like if I was a financial consultant and I posted, I just had the greatest yogurt of my life, here's a picture of it and put that on LinkedIn, who's going to engage with that? But if I talk about the cost of the ingredients for each portion of that, that, that thing I'm eating, a meal or whatever, and then you know, I talk about profitability of that, that's going to be a little bit more engaging. And to say, when you're looking at developing your products and services, it's all about pricing. And you want to make sure that you're 30% above what your materials cost, et cetera. That's engaging. For me, it's always a marketing tip, a business tip, how to, how to do something. Uh, I recently just did uh, an episode of my podcast talking about leadership or thought leadership. And let's say you're in an entry level role in customer service, just bringing a perfect example up. You want to be a team lead, a manager, a director down the road. Right now, how do you do that in a virtual world? For me, I had the luxury of being in an office and directly influencing people, going over to their cubicle, going to somebody's office, talking to them and, and giving them a pep talk or just my energy level, if you could tell it's a little bit high. You know, I, I infect people with that. And I was seen as a thought leader early on in my career. And people said, you need to be a team lead. You need to be a manager. How do you do that in a virtual world? That's the same thing with branding. It's the same thing with owning a company is, you have this window to the world called your computer. How are you going to influence people to trust you, know you, like you, do business with you, buy from you, refer you, um, give you a reference, give you a review? You need to be actively thinking about your brand and how you want the world to see you, then create content around that. We could pick any industry and I can probably give a good example. I, I did a, a talk for hashtag mastery summit. Look it up. If you don't, it's all about social media, uh, branding, posting, et cetera. Mine was on Instagram and pretty much during that session where it was being recorded, I was thrown a case study. Uh, I was told it was going to be fishing accessories. I was like, okay, a retailer, fishing accessories, lures, fishing reels and, and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, that's not what it was. It was a company that does boat excursions for fisher, you know, people that want to fish. And I had to, on the fly in my brain, think about how can this company be successful? And I thought about it's a lifestyle experience. When, when this company wants to promote themselves. They need to have video, most importantly, maybe pictures of somebody reeling in that huge fish, right? And what a struggle it might've been. And 
how, how it made that person feel so proud and so energized and excited. If you get that video and you talk over and just say, if you come to Frank's fishery and you come out on our boat, you may have this experience. I'm going to say, oh my God, I want that experience. You know what? They're four hours away, but if they can help me get that fish, I'm going to go there. That's what it's about, folks. It's, it's experience marketing. It's brand ambassadorship. It's just having fun with what you're doing. Don't worry about the quality of your video. Every, every phone has great quality now. They have great microphones in them. A lot of it is the narrative. Mm. For me, still, if believe it or not, I'm afraid to pick up the phone, get in front of it, and I think, what am I going to do? What am I going to create? What am I going to say? But then it just comes out. It, mm -hmm. You just think of something and you do it. Just go ahead and do that. But with that caveat, asterisk, right? Somewhat valuable to your audience. Create as much content, but don't drive the needle downward when it comes to value. And yeah. you and I spoke about, yeah, Hank, that's awesome. But you know, how, how does somebody do that if they're you know, working on getting their business spun up or they're working another job and they want to start their business? Who has time for all this stuff? repurpose and recycle your content. When you create something in your mind, you have to say, when I create this, I need to create X more versions of this, or I'm going to use this X more times. When you post something on say on your Facebook page for your business or whatever, or consultant or whatever, don't be afraid to kind of change it slightly and put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram, put it on LinkedIn, put it on TikTok. When's the last time that you've posted the same thing on different channels and somebody's come back and sent you a hate gram and said, Trisha, you know what? I've seen the same content from you on two platforms, Facebook and LinkedIn. And I don't like it. You should not do that. I don't think I've ever heard that because you will have these social media experts telling you every piece of content needs to be curated for every single platform. And I've seen huge Fortune 100 companies talk about that and somebody on stage say that. And I'm like, yeah, you have a 20 person marketing department uh, or actually just content creation team, 20 people. Yeah, you can do that. But when you're a solopreneur and it's only you, what you need to do is possibly sometimes worry about the format of an image, the size, you know, what square versus rectangle. So that's why you, you use Canva, right? Uh, and especially if you have their paid version, you can create something and then say, you know what? I also want to create this other version that's wider. They'll automatically help you do that. Or you can copy it and stretch it, et cetera. Easy if, if you're too cheap to buy that, but it's definitely worth the pro oh, version. Yes. Oh, yes. But Let's take the example of you create a video. You and I are creating a video today, right? We yeah. can take that and transcribe it, have the transcription, mm -hmm. turn that into a blog post, then take snippets of that blog post and create quotables. And that can be on Pinterest. You can also take those same quotes or, or short snippets of our conversation or even audio, put that as podcast, put that as uh, social media posts and link back to the video. So right there, that's like five or six pieces of content out of one thing. I right, did. Let's, let, let's, let's do this. Let's go back over that because this is so, this is so practical. All right. Because in a way, when you talk about quantity this this is an element of quantity this is i love this because this is an absolute problem for me and i know it will be for lots of people listening um i want to i want to put good original interesting valuable stuff out there i want it to have my voice in it and resonate with people blah 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 um you've got to compete against all the other stuff in a way to sort of stand out a little bit so you you know but you don't want to stand out and suddenly become someone you're not so you've got all right. this and before you know what's happened for a lot of people 
Um, for me, as an actor, in a way, it's quite natural for me to go out there and almost improvise. Come on, I can do, let's try this, let's try that. But for a lot of people, that is not, that is not a natural learned experience that they've worked on. Right. So they will then just pull right back and they'll just put some tiny little thing somewhere and then walk away and say, well, nobody's even liked it. Um, so, so let's see if we can get some help here. So let's say let's take this that's a great example this is a podcast right so number one not everybody needs to go out there and start a podcast it takes work commitment time and you've got to absolutely love doing it okay so i'm not gonna throw it it's great for brand awareness it's absolutely great but it is not for everyone right but let's just say we're working on this example. So here are you and me. I've got Zoom on here. We're recording. So although this will go out audio on most podcast platforms, I will also put a snippet um, to tease. This is what I normally do, but I think I can do much more because you've just given me an idea. So I would normally <laughs> just take maybe a minute and a half, edit it, get some captions done and use that to promote the podcast episode and probably use it once on maybe LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's it. I've now got a massive list of 71, you'll be 72 or 73 podcasts, um, none of which I repurpose. Okay. They're all beautifully set. They're full of gems. Okay. So to, to, to utilize my limited time, this is what I should be doing. Number one, I could get a transcript, as you say. So that's now I use rev.com for captions, but of course an hour's or 45 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, podcast episode, that's ranking up into sort of 60, 70 quid um, to get a transcript. So do you have a better option to do that without breaking the bank? I guess it just depends too on how much content, right? Because there probably is some free solutions with limitations like Otter. There's a, an app on the iPhone called Otter that gives you, I forgot how much, I think it's like 60 minutes. Don't quote me on that, but it's like 60 minutes free. You can actually talk you know, and at the same time it brings it up and it's transcribing. You know, I think Google has some options built into some of their uh, tools that you can use. I actually wasn't prepared to talk about the transcription part, um, but and I use Clipscribe. It's kind of like, an after video editor, you, you upload your, your edited video and it goes in the back room and does a transcription. Uh, and then you can put a, a t- time bar on it to show people how much time is left. You could put the, the frames at the top and bottom if it's a narrow video. Uh, and then the subtitles go at the bottom and, and then you can do whatever size format you want. And I believe for like, I think it's um, 30 minutes of transcription a month. It's $45 for the year. And I believe it's like 69 or 70 for, for more than that. Wow. Um, I like that. You don't have to particularly use it just for the video portion. You can export the, the transcription mm. uh, with the timing, et cetera. Um, but something like Otter, I think is good because it does, it's not going to have the timestamps, right? That, the, some tools are going to give you the timestamps. Is that Otter? Like the animal? Yeah. A, uh, yeah. O-T-T-E-R. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, now this is good. Right. Okay. Just a couple of little practical tips there. Right, so, so, so we've got that now. So um, how could I utilize this experience, this 45 minutes or whatever of my time and your time, but this, we're talking about me and my brand awareness, to the best possible um, use, okay? So right. in terms of repurposing and recycling, give, give, give me a little list 
In fact, I'll actually right. try and do it. And then I'll refer back to you, Hank, and right. say, this is what I did with this episode. Look how much better I've, I've utilized this. Right. Remember the term snackable and memorable. That's what you want to do when you create something. You want to create snackable and memorable moments that you can share over time, schedule, et cetera. But then it's also important when you create this stuff, you, you want to have an archive of this content. You store it you know, on an on external hard drive, a server, on a computer. Just make sure you're backing up your computer all the time. Uh, you can either sort it by year, month, you know, stuff like that, or by types of content. You know, like this is for marketing, this is for sales, whatever you want. And you dig back into your archives. Like for me, for my quotables from my book, I, I dig into my, my archives for that. And nobody's going to remember the quote I posted from my book six months ago today. Maybe, well, maybe I think there's one person that might, but um, that I know. And he'll be like, you posted that six months ago because he retains all the information he ever sees. Uh, but then again, other people won't. So I'll just go ahead and repost that again. But what you want to do is snackable moments. A lot of times when I go to conferences, I set up a camera on the table that I'm sitting at, I like to sit up front and I record the speaker session. Then I go back, cut it up and I'll say, this was an important point. Like maybe it's Gary Vee and he's talking about, you know, quantity over quantity. And I'll share that little moment. And I call it a snackable moment and do that with your video, do that with your blog post or, or whatever you're creating. Then your memorable is you and I are talking, there's going to be these little tidbits that come out and you put them on Canva. You just put maybe a color background and you put the, the text on there and then you sign it, whoever said it. And if it's you in your video, or your blog post, put it. Or if it's a quote I said, if you're sharing this, is you put my name and give me attribution for that. And, and that's a great way because maybe it's a great quote and then in a post say it's on instagram or linkedin you'll just say hank and i spoke about x here's a link to the full interview and it's going to make people want to go back and look at that you know we talked about going from video to blog to social media um, and, and other things you can also say well you know what and you mentioned this i'm afraid to get in front of a camera a lot of times and i don't know what to say but if you start with a blog and you're a good writer you could take that blog and use that as a transcript to create a video and then do the social media snackables, memorables, all those types of things. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, good. All right. And so now I've got my, my next question. So constantly trying to be out there um, in a way that at no point looks, this is my problem. And again, I'm only saying this because I know there'll be other people who have a similar way, a similar barrier, if you like, in their heads. So you suddenly, you go, on, you go on to Instagram, you go on to Twitter, and you, you want to still be you, but there is a sense that, the, you know, that you, you don't want to just sort of put out something that you might have put on LinkedIn, whatever, whatever. There is a style, there is something about those platforms. I know you're saying that you don't have to adapt to every platform, but I don't know. Some say take Instagram for instance. Mm -hmm. So I tend to put quite a lot of random photos of scenery and stuff on Instagram and it is just my way of saying here I am real person doing a thing, you know, and look here's a view or whatever. Um some of them are quite quirky uh, but but I and then every now and then I'll put something which is a little bit more um, with us, with a message, a call to action, right. potentially. How do, what do you, how do you think you use Instagram? Because I think some right. people get it really wrong. I think the people that are putting just 
static images saying, you know, buy my marketing book, whatever, whatever, constantly. I don't think that's what Instagram is about. What do you think? Well, you're using the blended style where you have your brand name and then you have you, right? Some people, but and if you, if you want to be you on Instagram and you want to post, you know, pictures and videos of your family, when you're traveling, you know, when you're eating landscape, whatever, you know, that's fine. Uh, and then sprinkle in some business. But then again, you can also have a business account as well, right? For, for us, it'd be like, uh, you know, posting serious stuff through, um, uh, the brands I work for, but then mine could be playful. But then again, I am kind of more all business all the time mm -hmm. in some ways, but I have fun with it. And I used, used to use, and I need to get back into stories because I think stories are powerful and people are not using them enough. Mm -hmm. uh, LinkedIn just recently launched stories. I think on LinkedIn, the style there needs to be professional. I don't want to put a picture of myself licking an ice cream unless there was some kind of a business or a marketing story to tell to go along with it. Uh, if I just said, this is the best pistachio ice cream I've ever had in my life, that's not going to fly. Um, but maybe if I, if I do that in my story, that's a fleeting moment. It's gone. It's not there forever. People might say, you know what, hey, this is the fun side of Hank. And, and that's okay in my stories because people, I think, will expect it in stories. And I'm glad that they launched stories. And I encourage on Instagram, on, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, using stories because it's powerful. And it's what all the younger folks are using right now compared to the static feed. That's interesting because I, I, I really have not got my head around LinkedIn stories. For some reason, when it came out just recently, I thought, oh, God, oh, oh no, this is all <laughs> Go away, go away. Um, I think it is just a matter of figuring out how best to use it. Um, right. and, and that's I how you get over being camera shy. That's what you, you do stories because you know what? They're gone. They're gone after a certain amount of time. Nobody's going to see them. They're not going to judge you. Uh, let's see a lot of people do their first one and it's quirky and it, the camera's shaking and uh, you know, they're holding the phone out in front of their face and that's okay to do. It's okay to do. I'm not saying it's not, but that's how you get better practice. Yeah. Get, how did I get good at speaking? And I still get nervous. I, I get nervous speaking in a room of 20 people uh, just as much as I do in front of 2000 people, but I've had practice and it's helped me get over some of that, but it's always going to be there. It's always that fear of failure, right? Uh, and getting that, that quantity of content out there is important because of the algorithms. If you post one thing and nobody really likes it, engages with it, nobody's going to see it. And if you post more and you're getting some engagement, people will see more and more of your content. And, and I hear people say, Hank, it, it, you know, pretty much when I log into LinkedIn, it's all Hank all the time. You're always all up in my feed. And I say, well, it's on purpose. I'm sharing articles. Here is a great workflow I have if you just want to become a thought leader, right? Because now we were getting, we got into digging in and you creating the content. But let's talk about benign third-party content or content that's related to what you do. Mm -hmm. You need to use that to your advantage to become a thought leader in your industry. And what I do is when I'm on my phone, when I'm on my browser, I find these articles I want to read or somebody will send one to me or, or on Twitter or on LinkedIn. I bring it up in my browser and I don't have time to read it right then and there because I'm busy. Right, mm -hmm. deep work. You need to be working on what you're doing. I use an app called Pocket, and it's on an i. It's on the iPhone. It's on Android. It's on your browser. You click a little bookmarklet, and it says, "I'm going to save this for later." Mm -hmm. Then what you do is the end of the day, beginning of the day. Uh, right now, in the beginning of the morning, I read two to three articles. Uh, it used to be when I was driving to the office, it has a feature where it does text to voice. I would actually listen to the articles. It would read them out to me, and then I would 
go ahead and set them up to share later. So I'm taking these articles after I read them and I put them into my Buffer uh, or Loomly, which is two social media scheduling software program, programs I use. Now I schedule them to go out all the time. I'm doing all this work in the morning or late in the evening, but people think I'm on social media all day posting this stuff when I'm not, but it's just scheduled. And what I'm doing is I'm listening or reading this article and then I'm putting my thoughts on that article in the post. I'm not just sharing it. Boom here. I'm saying this article talks about how to work from home effectively. And I really like the third third bit of information around making sure you have a good setup for a home office or wherever you work from so that you're happy. I'll do something like that to catch people's attention so that they read the article. You know, what's interesting. Sometimes I get more engagement on a third party content I share than my own content. I think that is, oh, oh, I'm really glad because when I first started, uh, when I set my business about, I don't know, four and a half years ago, whatever it was, I did quite a lot of this because I'm constantly curious and I'm constantly looking at um, stuff. And, uh, uh, but I think I made the mistake of, I think I sh did share stuff, but it was before people had got to know me. So it just looked like um, that's a bit bland because I'm just curating, you know, and I was doing right. that on, on, and, and I think, that's the thing is that you need to put your slant on it. I, I think I wasn't confident enough when I first started to do that. But I think that's find these connections, these links, these themes. When you've figured out what your kind of core um, nugget of your brand is, then everything should connect back to that, shouldn't it? Right. Yeah, at some point, it's going to be, if Trisha shared that, I better read it because, you know, she knows what she's talking about and, and she she curates good content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, well, thank you. I, I do actually. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to do more of it. Now, this thing about, now, this is really interesting. LinkedIn and quantity. For some reason, I've got in my head, Twitter, um, and Twitter for me is quite funny because I, <laughs> I describe myself as a subtle activist in my little headline because I do occasionally... I do wander into some politics a little bit, but very carefully, <laughs> very carefully, and often with humor and whatever, whatever. Okay, so, um, so I use Twitter slightly differently. Um, LinkedIn, and I, and I would, I could do five tweets in a day without thinking twice about it. No big deal. And maybe one person would see them. So anyway, no, on LinkedIn, where I feel I've built my connections, my followers, etc., and my brand more, I have a message in my head. I can't remember where I heard it, that if you post, you know, you need to allow at least something like eight hours in between your posts. Otherwise, the algorithms don't like you. I, I don't believe that. I mean, there's probably some truth to that. Uh, and, and I don't do a lot of testing like I used to. I just put content out. But what's interesting is something I post today, I'll still get engagement tomorrow and the next day. Because I think what LinkedIn is doing is they're looking at for each person, what kind of content are they looking at from who? Let's surface that information. And Facebook does that a lot, right? It, it shows you stuff that's older, and man, I don't even know. I don't even want to get into the next door app. If anybody knows about that, it's like a local community app. Sometimes it surfaces stuff from three months ago. And I'm like, it's not relevant anymore. Why are you surfacing? Right. So they're doing it wrong. Um, but LinkedIn, I think, takes a look at what each person's uh, curating, what they're reading and, and it's surfacing stuff. There's a gentleman I met at a conference 
and he loved my talk. Actually, I had an exercise in, in my talk and he won my book. And, and then when we started talking afterwards, uh, found out he was a customer already of, of one of the brands I work for. And it was awesome. And ever since then, we kind of engage with each other's content, right? He's in like the insurance industry and I'm in email marketing, but he does email marketing and he posts stuff around social media as well a little bit about how they use it. So I engage with his content, comment on it. He does it for me. So he's seeing a lot of my older stuff. So when people start quote unquote following you and, uh, and Trisha knows this, I, I carefully curate my network on LinkedIn. I don't connect with just random people. In other words, if somebody's listening to this show, they find me on LinkedIn and they send me a blind invite, I'm not going to accept it, but I will reply with an offer to have a conversation because I like to know every single person that's in my network. And I only get about a 40% response to that. So either people are lazy or there's a lot of salespeople that are trying to connect with me. But the thing is, if I see your content, I, I want to engage with it. And by having a tighter network and knowing how I connected with you, that's going to help me do that in a, in, a, in a better fashion and vice versa. Hopefully when you see my content, we had a conversation, you know about me, you know about my goal. My goal is I want you to engage and share my content because I feel it's valuable for everybody to be informed around what we're talking about today. And as a byproduct, if you use one of my products, great, awesome. You know what? But I'm not going to pressure you to do so. Uh, and, and that's what I think is important to know with LinkedIn is I post three, four, five, six times a day and I get different people engaging with different pieces of content that I put out there. So don't think about, uh, I want 10 people to engage with this one piece. Therefore I have to spread it out by eight hours. I'm going to put out five pieces of content and I want 50 different people to engage, but it's going to be 10 with this, 10 with this, 10 with this, 10 with this. Well, you don't have control over that, but that's what I mean is I think that LinkedIn will help you if you're putting content out there. And as long as people are viewing it, stopping on it, clicking on it, reading it, that's considered engagement. Okay. I like that. And I'm going to, I'm actually going to literally do an experiment because I've been holding myself. I, I more or less do post once a day, um, but I've been kind of holding myself back from doing more than one stand I, i'm going to experiment with that because there because i for instance yesterday i posted one of my uh humorous and yet valuable uh investigator lewis videos okay which is a, a sort of alter ego that i've developed and um and that always gets quite good engagement but i then didn't post anything else and part of me wanted to post something more slightly more serious and right. i thought oh no i've already put that on today so and like tomorrow i'll be pr promoting the podcast and then i'll think oh well i can't put anything else on now so i'm going to experiment with that but right. the other thing in terms of time management for uh, us who are not with a big marketing department is is it true that you've then got to, as soon as you've posted, you've got to be constantly, I mean, obviously, yes, you need to engage. Yes, no question. You need to build relationships, engage, connect, genuine comments, really, you know, really involve yourself. But in terms of how often you do that, I, again, it's another thing I heard that you've sort of got to do it instantly. Whenever you post, you've got to be massively connecting. Otherwise, the algorithms... <laughs> 
I, I don't believe in all that. I, I mean, now there's this thing that you're supposed to post. And if you have a link, you put it in the first comment because that's going to help you because you're commenting on your own post and it's helping boost. Yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't care. Hashtags. Yes, they are important. I don't use them all the time. I think it's just consistency, right? Yeah. Okay. But most importantly for any piece of content, now we'll talk about video separately, like YouTube, any piece of content, you have two to three seconds to get their attention. You mm -hmm. have to get there to how many, are you guilty of this Trisha? Do you watch TV and have your iPad and you're scrolling through social media yep. at the same time, yep. right? Yep. Second screening, they call it, you know, and yep. everybody's doing it. And if you don't grab somebody's attention, if you don't have subtitles on your video, you're losing. But I think it's just getting enough content out there. But you know, if you were to post something on LinkedIn or Facebook about what we're talking about today, let's say you're, you're trying to get people to watch this episode, you might say, I had a great discussion with Hank around branding and why you're doing it wrong oh, yeah. something. Right. And all of it, cause they're going to be like, oh, wait, I'm doing it wrong. Now you don't want to mislead people and say something and not talk about it in your content, but you need to get that attention up front. Use emoji, use strong words, use action words and, and really surprise people. When you're a public speaker, when you're doing anything, any type of content, if you surprise them, they're going to be interested because they want people want to learn. And the biggest mistake public speakers make is they go through PowerPoints by point by point and they teach you 20 different things you need to be doing on social media. But when I talk about my repurpose and recycle for say social media at the end, I always say, if you leave this room, if you leave this virtual room, the only two things I want you to remember is you need to be recycling and repurposing your content. That's it. Because then if you walk out of that room or somebody talks to you, Trisha, hey, I was on this great webinar yesterday about, you know, uh, using social media and you'll be like, well, great. Well, what do you learn? Well, I don't know. He talked about like all these different <laughs> tools I need to use, all these different things. But you know what? He, he really just said, I need to recycle and repurpose my content. Oh, okay. My job is done. Oh. I taught them. I, I informed them what to do. Uh, and then they could figure out the how by either watching a recording or another video from somebody else. My job is dumb. I taught them the essence of, of my speech, so to say. Now, video, you could do that. It's a little more extended. On YouTube, today, we're going to talk about branding and how you can be doing it better because you know what? You're probably doing it wrong. I'm going to give you five things today that you can do to instantly increase your brand awareness online. Now, does that sound like a good opening for YouTube? It's perfect. Mm. I told you what I'm going to talk about. And mm -hmm. I told you, I'm going to give you five things. So you have to stick around for those five things. Because mm -hmm. if I talk about one thing and it's really powerful, then you might say, you know what? Got it. Yep. Yeah, I'm gone. You didn't stay for the other four. Yeah. It's funny. actually. And you know what? I don't take most of my own advice, folks. So if you, <laughs> you know, definitely call me out because I, I definitely need people to hold me accountable to what I'm doing. Hank, I noticed you're not doing the uh, five things or <laughs> you know, the, your openings. Are, they suck. You need to do better. Call me on it. I, I, I want to hear about it. I, I actually think what you two, that was so interesting what you just said, because I am a public speaker. I am a speaker. I have been for decades. I'm an actor. I know, I know about getting people's attention and engaging an audience. And I, when I coach people on this, I talk about things like uh, the art of engagement. And that stands for alert, resonate and tempt, you know, I know, I know all of this and I help right. people with it. And yet <laughs> I hadn't totally made the connection between, well, in the written words, Trisha, or even in those little videos you do, you should be doing exactly the same as that. I somehow, 
I somehow haven't quite applied that. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all my stuff is rubbish, but actually I can make it, I can make it a lot tighter if I simply follow the same advice I've given to the presentation and public speaking setup. How, right. how interesting that I hadn't quite... Isn't it so easy to tell somebody else how and what to do when <laughs> you can't do it yourself? But it's the same thing with the folks that are listening. If you have a company and you're a financial advisor, it's, it's going to be so much easier for you to tell me how and what to do than mm. me to do it in practice. But that's why I should work with you as a financial advisor. Yeah. Do you know what? I've decided that I might like to have you back to talk about emails at some stage because I think that that's a whole a whole podcast episode. The most and underrated I, and I, marketing platform yeah. ever. I, I wanted I want to tease my listeners. Okay, see what I'm doing. <laughs> see what I'm doing. They have to come back because I'm promising them something. And uh, yeah, uh, you, listeners, yeah. you will have. You got a massive amount of value out of this. So it, let, let's do this. Let's challenge your audience because I don't know your audience size or, or on social media. Maybe if this, this episode gets a certain amount of listens or a certain amount of likes when you post it on social media, we'll follow yeah. up and do the email because that's going to be more powerful. So what, what is your goal? Let's put a goal out there. And, if, and folks, if we meet that goal, that means you have to help share it and get engagement. We'll do that. No, I'm just kidding. See, that's another way to do it. Too, <laughs> is, is to call your audience and tell them to engage with your content. You, you have, have to tell them to do it otherwise they won't please like share and subscribe folks if this is on youtube or anywhere it is like comment share it i know subscribe on youtube i am so bad at that i don't know what it is it's some kind of weird hangover about being too demanding and pushy and bossy and all that kind it's ridiculous and and i am way better trust me than i was i'm getting there and again like you said all along these things take practice and and keep doing it Keep doing it. Know that nothing bad happened, that you didn't die because you asked somebody to share and subscribe, um, that they haven't decided that you're the worst possible manipulative salesperson and they don't want to have anything to do. No, that hasn't happened. Everything's fine. Now do it again. Okay. So there we go. I do it again is actually almost like the tagline for this thing because we're talking about repurposing and we're talking about practicing. Oh, that's quite clever. Do it again. Yeah. <sighs> I'm very good. Very good There's a guy up. I listen to on, uh, I watch his YouTube videos and a lot of times he'll, 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 all of a sudden the video starts and he's like, I see you. I see you. You're not subscribed. You're not subscribed. And, and it makes me sad. See, see the tear? Just kidding, folks. Just kidding. And then he goes into his video and he starts talking. It's, it's really, it's like annoying, but fun. It's, it's oh, really well, I'm weird. an actor. I should be able to do that. I'll think, I think, I'll, I think I'll give that a go actually. Um, but I think the, um, it's funny. I just said, do it again. And when it, and you almost think, Oh, that'd be a good title. Now I, and I, and I make this, I spent all of yesterday looking at my YouTube channel um, and realizing that all these sort of slightly lazy or quirky or made up wordsy, type of titles I've put in are ridiculous because Google will never ever figure out what the ruddy video is about. Um, so that's a task. If there's anybody out there who's good on YouTube, I, I think I might even quite like to hand this task over because I've done a <laughs> hell of a lot of videos and I actually feel every one of them needs going back over. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the titles and the thumbnails, which are the important thing on YouTube. Yes, I only just realized that. We live and learn though, don't we, Hank? And we've learned a lot from this. So to wrap up, tell us about 
book talks things that things that people can get from you buy from you right. and um ways to connect with you awesome first folks as i mentioned earlier i have to take my own medicine you need to be branding you need to do it more you need a lot more qual qual quantity but you also have to have some quantity and you need to get better at it by doing more getting practice getting feedback you will be successful in your branding so it all comes around having fun, creating content. And what does that mean for you? Question mark. Let me know, you know, in the comments uh, or reach out to me, let me know what branding means to you. And did we inspire you today? I can be reached at hankhoffmeyer.com, H-A-N-K-H-O-F-F-M-E-I-E-R. And I bet uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. So go to my website. Uh, also, you can go to icontact.com, I-C-O-N-T-A-C-T, if you're just getting started with email marketing, or campaigner.com, if you need some more robust tools like automation, uh, stuff like that. Take a look at those two brands. I have a book called um, The ABCs of the Customer Journey, A Beginner's Guide to Automation, Branding, and Customer Service, available on Amazon. And uh, also take a look, I almost forgot to promote my podcast, which I think is helpful. I, every time I always say, you know, it's so much work, like you mentioned earlier, I keep saying, I'm going to sunset that I'm going to stop it because I just do it for fun. And it is a lot of work, but I keep getting so much great feedback that I don't stop, but it's Hank's marketing and business tips. It is on YouTube. Uh, subscribe over there. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and, you know, Android uh, store, all those different areas, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, it's probably there. You can even uh, have me come alive on your Amazon smart speaker and have me talk to you over yeah. your speaker while you're doing your dishes. But <laughs> HankHoffmeyer.com has links to all things great. Uh, and if you need me to be your accountability partner and push you to do great, do great things, let me know. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I've, I've just made one note and that is Hank says he'll help me uh, right now, <laughs> but you have helped by being a fabulous guest on this podcast. So um, I think you will be back and I look forward to that. And meanwhile, we'll keep connecting as we always do over all these various digital spaces and, uh, and over all these miles and good luck over there in America. Good, good luck over here in the UK <laughs> and, and onwards and upwards. It's been great. Thank you very much, Hank. Thank you. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. Get into the repurposing mindset somewhere, even if it's in a drawer full of your old uh, schoolwork or a dissertation you did at uni or something you wrote for a magazine years ago somewhere. There's either going to be um, something from the past or something from just a month ago that you can put out there. Tweak it slightly, polish it up and put it out there again and then tweak it more and put it out in various other places. Grab a quote from something. Just do all those lovely tips that Hank came up with and then get into the habit of doing that so people really get to see your fabulous work. Listen again, tell people about it. Go over to iTunes and leave me a review and scatter some stars around. And head over to trishalewis.com, investigation report tab, and sign up for my twice monthly newsletter with podcast updates and a whole load of extra treats that only you will get. And connect with me on LinkedIn and on Instagram would be my favourites. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.